0: This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer Al Castle, back once again. Going to be joined in a moment by my co-host Brian Solomon and from WrestleNomics.com, coming back to the show, Brandon Thurston, and we're going to be talking about a lot of business stories uh, affecting the professional wrestling world from um, NXT's move to Tuesday night to uh, Impact's move to Thursday night, uh, some of the controversy surrounding uh, some content, WWE content being censored on Peacock, um, the sort of business plan for WrestleMania this year over tonight on Peacock, and uh, a lot more. So uh, definitely want to stay tuned uh, for a very kind of, uh, this is like the, the the business episode of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast. So a lot of fun. Uh, also, you want to check out the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, it is our Super Cards issue, um, a throwback to a feature uh, that was really popular in the 80s and 90s, where we highlight some of the biggest wrestling cards of the year, Um, and the issue looks at the Royal Rumble, it looks at New Year's Smash Wrestle Kingdom Uh, Hard to Kill, Final Battle, and so much more. Tons of photos and results in here. Also, my hot seat interview with Adam Pearce. Features on Killer Kelly and the Wednesday Night War. You can pick it all up at pwi-online.com. And before you know it, I think um, next week, our June 2021 issue is ready to drop. And it is our, uh, it's not a WrestleMania coverage issue, kind of our WrestleMania It's not quite a preview issue here. This is the problem with magazines is you got to do some anticipating. So what we did uh, this year, uh, something I put together, uh, really a lot of fun, is kind of um, uh, the the what if WrestleMania uh, main events. So what if instead, uh, I'll give you, for uh, example, WrestleMania 4 rather than... uh, Randy Savage and Ted DiBiase closing it out. What if it was Hulk Hogan and Ted DiBiase closing it out? Um, DiBiase, who cost Hogan the title, screwing him in that uh, famous match with Andre the Giant. Uh, What if they went on -on one-on-one in the main event at WrestleMania? And uh, lots of those kind of alternative WrestleMania uh, main events, um, whether they would have been better, why they didn't happen. Uh, So a lot of fun to put together. You're going to want to check that out. Also, Hot Seat Interview, uh, coming up with one of the women who is going to be uh, headlining WrestleMania this year, Bianca Belair. Uh, and much more in that issue uh, drops digitally, I believe, uh, April 9th. So what's that, like the day before WrestleMania? Uh, yes, I believe so. So uh, you don't want to miss it. Go to pwi-online.com and uh, you can subscribe and make sure you don't miss any issues. Either subscribe subscribe to our digital edition or our print edition, have it delivered to your mailbox or your inbox, Uh, both ways you could save a whole lot off the uh, cover price. It's the way to go, Uh, pwi-online.com. Also, you can subscribe there to the PWI weekly uh, newsletter, completely free, comes to your uh, email inbox with lots of fun features. Um, You can buy the line of Pro Wrestling Illustrated shirts, available at both wrestlingtees.com and uh, some new shirts at WhatAManeuver.net. You can follow us on social media at OfficialPWI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, on YouTube, and you could send us an email at PWIPodcasts at Outlook.com or PWI at KappaPublishing, uh, com. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a positive review. Okay, joined now by my co-host, Brian Solomon. How's it going, Brian? Pretty good, Al. Hope all is well with you, as always. Yes, thank you. And uh, joining us uh, again this week from WrestleNomics.com and the WrestleNomics podcast, right? Uh, Brandon Thurston. How's it going, Brandon?
1: I'm doing great. It's great to be back and, and talk with Al and Brian for the PWI podcast.
0: Yes, and it is the uh, the busy season, right? We're now uh, less than two weeks away, I think, from, from WrestleMania, and yeah. uh, lots of business news to talk about. That's why I wanted to have uh, Brandon on. We'll, we'll talk a bit about WrestleMania, but I guess the bigger news coming out of this week is uh, the, the end of the Wednesday Night War, as it was, uh, with the news of nxt moving to tuesday nights first let me ask you, you brian you know you, you having worked in for a, a number of years um i i, I can't imagine it's something they take lightly how much do you think they're concerned about the perception of uh having waved the white flag here
2: uh, well they're not gonna publicly admit it but i think that there's got to be a lot of concern. Um, and especially in the mind of one person, um, who doesn't like to wave a white flag uh, over anything and really never has, honestly, unless you go back to like, you know, TBS in 1985, that'd probably be the last time. So, uh, this is not something that they're thrilled about. And I know that there's been other reasons floated and they're going to try to spin it that way. Like, oh, well, we were just going to do this anyway, but there is no way that the ratings, you know, uh, defeat that they've been handed here is not a major factor in, in the decision. There's just no way. And I, you know, I was joking about it on Twitter, only half joking, um, that if I were Tony Khan and if I was TNT, the move I'd be doing right now is moving Dynamite to Tuesdays. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I really yeah. would. I, you know, there's blood in the water. Uh, there's blood in the water. And if anybody deserves to be preyed upon that way, you know, and I can say this, um, these are my comments only, um, it, it's, it's Vince McMahon. Um, after yeah. everything that he's done in the last forty years, um, I would not shed a tear over his having to defend himself in that way. But uh, but no, I mean it, of course, of course, it's got to be a factor, and they're not thrilled. I also wonder how the family dynamic is with things like this with Hunter and Vince, because NXT is perceived and largely is kind of like Triple H's thing. And if it's sort of like this thing of like, well, I have to make sure that my father is happy and maybe he's not happy with me right now over, over yeah. the handling of this, you know?
0: Yeah. Is, is this a failure for Triple H? Does, does this um, uh, bode badly for his future? I mean, everybody's sort of assumed for years now that he's kind of the heir apparent. You know, Stephanie on the business side, but WWE, but uh, Triple H on the, the creative side of WWE um, this was kind of his his was his first big test. We're going to give you two hours of primetime television on USA Network uh, every week up against this new competitor. And as you said, I mean, they're going to spin it differently. And and there is an argument to be made that this isn't so much waving the white flag as there's other things in place. And and, and I'll talk to you, Brandon, about it uh, about the extension of the USA deal and and um, uh, NBC Sports folding up. So. It's not solely that. But suffice to say, if they were killing it in the ratings on Wednesday night, I assume they'd be staying uh, on on Wednesday night. So, uh, uh, Brandon, what what is the the reality here? How much of this is, you know, WWE kind of uh, cutting their losses uh, and and just moving to a night where they're going to get a better viewership? And how much of it is out of their hands and a decision um, by uh, USA and, and NBC?
1: It's a good question. I I think a lot of this, if I'm being fair, is probably driven by the fact that NBC sports network is folding at the end of the year. And a lot of the sports programming that that network had is going to be absorbed by the USA network. Uh, Most importantly, that's probably going to include NHL games on Wednesday night. Um, The the NHL uh, uh, games on on Wednesday night have have been a, a fixture The question is whether or not the NHL is going to renew its deal with NBC Universal. It seems like that's probably going to happen. Although NHL did deal, you know, what's, what's being called the a package to ESPN. So NHL is going to return to ESPN, but it's not, there's not any news yet. If uh, NHL is going to do its separate deal with NBC Universal, probably, I guess Fox is probably another player that's, that's out there, but but most likely that's what's going to happen. And there's going to be NHL on on USA network, at least during hockey season uh, on Wednesday night. But there's no question that NXT was beaten pretty decisively in, in this head-to-head competition. Um, nine times out of, we've been doing this for about a year and a half now, nine times uh, NXT led AEW in total viewership. Uh, only one time did NXT lead AEW in viewers 18 to 49, and we've uh, there's been much debate, at least in, in, in my view and in my world about, you know, what is really the important metric is it is does total viewership matter the most, or is it really the 18 to 49 viewership that advertisers care about that matters more? And, um, I think for AEW, it's definitely, I think they've been told by, uh, by Turner that 18 to 49 is what really matters for them. Uh, but I, but I know that for, um, for WWE, they've, They've sh- when they've been doing their TV deals and been arguing for upgrades they've they've shown both total viewership and 18 to 49. but um, it was this is a competition that was more competitive early on and um, since the pandemic roughly it's really broken out especially in that 18 to49 you can really see how the um, the 1849 viewership has really split apart in in NXt sort of sl- uh, going down a bit and uh, aew rising uh, over the last I don't know, eight to 10 months or so. It seems like at the beginning of this competition, there was a lot more split viewing among viewers, maybe going back and forth, uh, whether it's during the program or watching one, one week and another, the other week. But as this went on, it it, it appears that younger viewers clearly sided with AEW and, uh, and, and stuck with that one. Uh, They're they're spinning it with, with this announcement yesterday that uh, NXT is not just moving to Tuesday. They extended their deal, which was going to expire uh, in the fall, probably the end, end of September that that deal was up. It was originally a two-year deal. And that's been extended. We don't have much of any detail on it other than it's, it, they've said it, it is a multi-year deal. So I don't know if we're ever going to learn what the, what the current deal Was worth. I've I've heard reports and I've seen estimates from stock analysts anywhere between thirty million to sixty million per year. We know that AEW's deal is worth about forty-four million per year.
0: Is is that deal the USA deal just for NXT, or is that the WWE package with RAW?
1: That is just for NXT. RAW is worth two hundred and sixty-five million dollars per year over the five-year lifetime of that deal. So
0: was that extended as part of this deal?
1: The raw deal, no. The, the raw deal will expire in September 2024. NXT oh. deal was a separate deal.
0: So, so uh, I want to get both your take on this. But, but first, uh, uh, Brian, in, in the big picture, putting aside you know competition and, and kind of tit for tat, is this just good for everyone? NXT will have you know a captive audience on Tuesday night. AW will have the audience on Wednesday night, or sometimes. Um, this stuff can be a little counterintuitive, right? And you think, yes, you know, uh, moved away from the competition, your audience is going to increase. but there's also something to be said for just kind of having that night that is the wrestling night, right? And everybody uh, tunes in. Uh, so is there a chance that that maybe this doesn't, at least on you know, NXT side, this doesn't help. And it actually, you lose some viewers because they are used to seeing it on a Wednesday night. So good or bad, big picture. I think it'll
2: help, honestly, especially NXT, the, having a dedicated night. I, I think, you know, what you're talking about happened with the Monday Night Wars, you know, where people just went away. But I think that was such a different world. I mean, it, it, it was like Destination TV right on a Monday night. It was this crazy buzz and you were everyone was watching it live for the most part and switching back and forth. A lot of people were doing. I don't know if that was happening so much now that you have streaming and you have dvr and things like that i know like i hardly ever watched both shows live simultaneously almost never Uh, and i I, so i just feel like it's less of that feeling of like oh uh, wednesday night is less of a happening now i think i think it will allow the shows to kind of stand on their own a little bit more like i said especially nxt because i think they were just losing a lot of people i mean even myself whenever i would turn tune into both shows i was much more compelled live to keep watching dynamite than to switch over to nxt uh, we've said this here before nxt you know this is this is the cliche right nxt has the better in-ring wrestling you know the more athleticism but dynamite all is a more entertaining packaged show and i think at the end of the day that's what makes a difference in ratings with with casual viewers so so i i think this will probably wind up benefiting nxt more but it might benefit both
0: yeah how about you, Brandon? I mean, do you, do you expect that both the brand's audience will increase now being on their own?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we'll see viewership for both programs increase about by about twenty percent. That's what I would expect based on. That's the movement that we see in ah uh, in the the glimpses of minute by minute viewership that I've seen. That's that's about the change that we see when there's commercials, and that's about the the rate of the DVR viewership that's going on. There's a little bit more DVR viewership. Uh, by proportion for NXT because I think people are choosing AEW over NXT more often. So there's a little bit more DVR viewership happening for NXT than there is for AEW. But uh, but that that's what I would expect. So that would that that could put uh, AEW just over a million viewers on some weeks. They've been doing about seven hundred thousand lately. Um, so, so 20% would put them probably just under a million, but maybe on some high weeks they would do over a million, but that would, that would put, uh, NXT maybe around 800,000 viewers or so, as opposed to 500 or 600,000 that they've been doing. Um, Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the best thing for everybody involved. And I think that's, that's how people in the company view it. Um, rather than seeding a lot of your audience to, an, to another show that you have nothing to do with in, in terms of they're not, not a part of your company. It, I think it's the best thing for NXT, obviously, to grow its viewership. They'll have higher viewership this way. And it's the best thing for pr- promoting the takeover shows that are part of Peacock. It's the best thing for promoting you know, tickets when, when ticket sales happen again for NXT and, and for merchandise and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know you're joking, uh, uh, Brian, about uh, them moving to Tuesday night. Uh, I actually thought they should take a completely different attack here and um, sort of take the high ground and have whoever Cody is probably the best spokesman uh, go out on on TV uh, the first night that they're by themselves on a Wednesday night and tell viewers, you know, if if you want to watch more great wrestling, tune into NXT on, on Tuesday nights. You know, I mean, I I think it would look, it would be classy. It um, uh, maybe a bit of an olive branch, you know. And it's also the thing you can do when you won. You know, it's it's almost sort of the best way of bragging is is being that that kind of gracious winner and tell people Tuesday nights NXT USA. I don't know how <laughs> thrilled TNT would be about it. I mean, maybe you don't have to say USA, but um, I I think there's an opportunity here for them to kind of take the high road.
2: I think it'll be referred to for sure. I don't think it's going to be in the way that we're talking about. I think it'll be more like when Taz and other people used to make references to how they were dealing with COVID. It'll probably be more in that kind of snide uh, inside joke way. But they won. They right. No, I, look, I, I agree with you. Yeah. but But we're talking about, you know, this... The way this goes and the way, well, I, I don't know. I uh, Imagine if Cody came out and gave like the kind of speech that Vince did when he bought WCW. Right. I mean, you know, that that level of great. But that's great- the
0: point, is to, is to separate yourself from that and show you that, show that you're not that guy, right? So. Well, I, you, one, one
2: would think, one would think. <laughs> and, and I do think that I, I, I don't believe, and again, this is just my hunch and what I've seen. I don't believe that the people on that side, the Tony Cons and all that are the same type of people as the people at the top of WWE. I, I, I feel that in my bones, but um, I, I don't know if they would go that far. Let's just yeah. say.
0: Yeah. Uh, a, a smaller uh, bit of TV news came out in the last week or so. Impact moving back to Thursday nights. It, it's almost, you know, comedy how much they've moved around over the last few years, I guess Tuesday they were on for a few years, right? So there's probably as much stability as they've had in a while. I think fans that go back a ways with impact probably remember it most as being the the Thursday night show, I think, you know, Um, uh, but, but what do you make of it? Brandon, what's behind it? Does it really matter? I mean, in terms of the kind of TV numbers uh, they're bringing in you know, on, on one hand, does it, is it a little bit more of an attractive night? Uh, especially if they're not, going to be up against NXT now um or do they risk losing another percentage of their viewers with another shift and at this point when you're down in i guess around that 100,000 range um you you really can't even afford to lose a few
1: yeah i i, th- I think they felt that they had to move uh, there, there were two nights Uh, over the summer the late late summer where um NXT and and Dynamite for that matter they were both preempted when there were playoffs for I think hockey in in NXT's case that put NXT on Tuesday night running head-to-head with Impact and we saw Impact's viewership get decimated where it was down the the one week it was down something like 35 percent the other week it was down about 50 percent so I think even if even if there's viewers to be lost in moving nights. I think there's more viewers to be lost in staying where they were and going head-to-head with NXT. I think that's how they viewed it. And uh, we've been seeing Shoba's daily report uh, Impact viewership since December. So there's sort of some visibility about what what other programming does on, on Access. And it, and it looks like Ax- uh, Impact is the, the top rated show, at least in 18 to 49, on Access. So it's not like there's other programmings pro- programs in all likelihood that are taking priority over impact that's probably their number one show so it was probably an easy decision to just move it to to Thursday and if anything was in the way well impact is a bigger show
0: i, I was surprised to see um the the most uh, recent appearance from Kenny Omega draw what is it like the, the lowest rating of of the year or something like that what what was behind that
1: the lowest rating since December 29th um I, I don't know. I've uh, been been getting some some numbers for all the demographics uh, just uh, last night, and I've been looking at that. But um, I don't know. I, th- I think there you know there was a lot of interest when he, when Kenny Omega first appeared. I think it was on December eighth, and they drew their 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 second biggest rating since their uh, debut on Access. But um, you know, maybe some of the interest in the AEW and, and Impact uh, interaction is wearing off. Do, uh, do you think?
0: Uh, 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 I guess either of you, and maybe uh, Brian, I'll ask you this. Uh, it, it, does something like that maybe make Impact reconsider how we've talked a lot about the good that's come out of uh, a lot of these different promotions working together. But if Impact is um, uh, giving away a, a fair amount of TV time to AEW, some of it is kind of this gimmick, you know, paid advertisements by uh, Tony Khan. But, but the fact is they're featuring talent that is not their own pretty frequently now, and then you bring over their champion and your numbers go down, and now they're building to this uh, um, champion versus champion match with um, each of the brand's champions. Do, do you maybe sort of reconsider and say, look, are, are we doing the, the right thing here in putting over the competition uh, this much if it's not benefiting us?
2: Well, the, the only conclusion that I can draw when I see something like that is that it just seems to me, I guess, that whatever people were checking out Impact partly anyway as a result of this cross pollination they probably just didn't like what they were seeing or they, or they didn't like it enough to keep coming back um that said i i still don't don't think that they would want to break ties with a company that's much bigger than them kind of giving them this this rub i mean even if there's a short term drop in ratings i i i mean i don't know i i just feel like just by association, their profile is raised in the long, in the long run. I mean, I just don't think it would be smart for them to just kind of go it alone at this point, unless, you know, they, the choice wasn't theirs to make it. Yeah.
1: And, and if, if I could add, I just pulled up the numbers. So sure. total viewership in October, November, before there was any AW interaction was one hundred and forty nine thousand, one hundred thirty five thousand, And it's, it's been you know months after that, December, 160, 161, 173. So in march around. it march it is down back to 141 at, at, as of the middle of march but that's about on par with what they were doing before so it's not as if they're lower than they were before they started to interact with AEW
0: so so you could uh, point to an increase in audience when um, they started interacting with
1: AEW in the early months at least yeah. and we'll we'll see how it goes from maybe march is a, is a one off but yeah we'll see yeah,
0: I, I was planning to talk about it, but I now that we're talking about different uh, companies, I, I checked out uh, the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show last week. Frankly, it's the first time in a while that I've checked out uh, a Ring of Honor. It, it's weird because they're sort of the the last company still operating in silence, right? I mean, Impact's at, at least here and there use some of the the fake crowd noise. And even the NWA, I think, is is kind of creating the illusion of a crowd with with their crews and stuff like that. But Ring of Honor, it's still sort of pin drop, uh, a quiet. Uh, that said, there was a lot of awesome action on on Ring of Honor. Uh, a lot of guys I wasn't that familiar with uh, that I was kind of checking out for for the first time. Um, Dak Draper and and uh, some other guys who you, you see the upside. I mean. It, it's worth saying, I mean, Ring of Honor hasn't been the Ring of Honor we know for a long time. But you just look at WWE, you look at the WrestleMania card, and it's just Ring of Honor guys up and down. I mean, their track record is unparalleled. And so me watching this ROH uh, show for the first time in a while, I'm like, who are the guys who are maybe those next guys? And frankly, I don't see a whole lot of them. Some of these guys who are who who are the, the, the kind of top stars um, are either getting pretty long in the tooth or there's just something about them that you could tell WWE wouldn't be that interested in. Uh, but guys like, like Rouge and uh, uh, some others, um, I get it. I see what, what the appeal is, uh, but how is ring of honor doing? I saw something where, where Joe cough gave an interview. Um, I think it was on Sirius XM and he talked about on any given week, they have half a million uh, viewers um, and they're, their ratings are different, right? Because they're, they're syndicated. You can't just look at one channel. There are different time slots, different channels all over the country, but, but what do you think is a realistic gauge Brandon of, of where ring of honor is these days?
1: I don't know. I, I he said, yeah, something like three to four, sometimes even 500,000 viewers. Um, back in 2016, there was an article I think from, uh, I think it was like media Light who referenced, uh, nielsen numbers saying that maybe they were doing this is in 2016 now they were maybe they were doing 500,000 or something like that i, I would be surprised if it's that high no, Um
0: back when they had like the young bucks and and cody and and definitely some yeah. real big draws yeah
1: yeah i i, I mean i would be surprised if it, if it if it aggregated all together is is quite as high as, as impact which is doing under two hundred thousand viewers um when i look at google web search and uh uh, granted maybe it's 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 largely to do with impact being a higher profile bl- brand being on spike tv for all those years but i see google web search in the u.s and, and worldwide uh for ring of honor being c- considerably lower than it is for impact so it just tells me that at least in the in the consciousness of wrestling fans minds that that impact is still higher than ring of honor
0: yeah i i don't think that was the case for for years i think um you know maybe they were de facto number two, but I, I think that there was a while there where they were the number two um, for mm-hmm. uh, a, a few years. And obviously that that's changed. Um, but You know, there there is uh, still a a ton of talent over there, you know, from Jonathan Gresham, Tracy Williams, and uh, on and on, Flip Gordon. There's a lot of guys who you see have a a bright future. So there's still some of that old ring of honor there. Um, The other thing that I want to talk to uh, you guys about sort of TV business related um, is Peacock uh, censoring, I guess that's, that'd be the word, some WWE content. And, uh, uh Brian, I guess I'll go to you with this. Um, uh, we know about WrestleMania six, you know, some of this, I guess you can have seen coming, you know, miles away when you are doing business with, um, and, and a, media conglomerate, like, like NBC, um, you know, having a guy essentially do blackface is not going to fly. Uh, but you do wonder, and since then they've added a couple things, uh, or I should say removed a couple things, right? One was, um, uh, Vince McMahon using the N word, right? Uh, I don't know if anything else has come off, but I, I do wonder, like if they're going down a rabbit hole here, that if you, if they really start digging into this content, there's entire characters, there's like weeks of, of programming, months of programming that you can argue, um you know, should be removed.
2: Forget about having mid South on the network ever.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah. So,
2: here's my, I mean, I can only give my, my, my gut personal, very subjective reaction to this. Um, I'm hoping that it's one of those kind of overreactions online where it's like, okay, um, everybody's talking about, Oh my God, Peacock is censoring the network and all these things are going to, and in reality, it's just these two things. Now I, um, yeah, the, the Vince N-word thing, I was there. when I'm pretty sure when that happened, I was working there. That should have never even happened in the first place. That that was extremely ill-advised. The Piper thing, I believe, was the naivete of the time. It was the wrestling business. I don't think harm was meant there. I really, truly don't. Um, that said, I th- and I know Bad News Brown himself was not happy about it. I know that. Um, I, I feel in my heart that like you would hope or think that a, a content warning would be That's, enough for, for right. things
0: like this. And they've used it for other stuff, right? right I mean, basically, because, anything with the Prince Benoit. Uh, they, right, they
2: right. Because you do, it, if it does become that slippery slope, then we have a problem here. And then you start to get to the point where there could be a backlash where the actual value of the network as a product is lowered um and people don't want to subscribe you know i mean i don't think it would be like they'd lose all their subscribers but there might be a segment that would choose not to go with peacock if it becomes a slippery slope thing because then what do you do okay uh, we can never have kamala we can never have um you know uh the iron mexico's Ch- <laughs> are gone i mean like i could sit here all day and, and list you know that's what wrestling has been for most of its history is these questionable edgy kind of You know, uh, the whole point was to stir up people's hatred and emotions, right, for so long. And so one hopes that that's not the path that they're going down, because if it is, then I think you really are devaluing your archival product. Because I also think, I mean, look, WWE has amassed this huge library of historical footage, both their own and other companies. And they've sort of taken on, whether they like it or not, the mantle of sort of like the conservator of of much of wrestling's history and if they're going to now go down this this kind of corporate censorship path um i I think they're really doing the history of wrestling a disservice And i know i sound really idealistic when i say that but they're also doing the consumers a disservice because there's a lot of people and you're looking at one of them (laughs) who subscribe to it in very large part for the old school content um again if it's confined to okay we're we're looking at these very racialized things where okay blackface is out because we you know culturally it's it's completely out um okay fine but if it, it but if it spreads that then i think y- you've got a real problem because i think i think you got a lot of people in nbc right now who are probably going like this is what wrestling is about you know what i mean what are we doing here like it almost made me think that again, knowing nothing about the way, how these deals work, that they're second-guessing the whole damn thing, you know, if they start going through the archive of, of content and that we're going to wind up in a year or two back to the WWE Network again, you
0: know? I That's mean, my thought exactly, yeah. I, I, I mean, uh, I think WWE for years, and, and you know, they put Stephanie McMahon in uh, out front to do a lot of this, is sort of trying to convince the the rest of kind of corporate America and, you um, know, uh, media companies that we're just like you, you know, we're, we're putting on family programming and you see the branding and I'm sure all the materials that they they worked with uh, NBC has got John Cena with make a wish kids and and the rock and, and all this stuff. And, um and it's not that WWE isn't that that is part of it. Right. But then there is just sort of like the CD underbelly of the professional wrestling business. Um, not all of it that far back, some of it still happening now, but, but, Uh, the reality is there is, and I'm not trying to be, you know, cancel culture uh, guy here, but, but there is a a ton of content from WWE that just would not fly um, in on almost any other sort of uh, media entertainment uh, platform. Even if you get into the history of like, you know, we've talked about it blading and things like pretty barbaric stuff you know, that if, if you told the head of NBC, you, you, you know, you now um, distribute content of this this sort of uh, simulated sport where wrestlers would regularly cut themselves open with a razor blade and bleed all over the place, um, you know, for, for the entertainment of fans. And, and that's just part of it. I mean, when you talk about I think the race stuff is the the hardest to defend, and it's pretty deeply uh, ingrained. Some of it more subtle than other stuff. It's it like you t- you touched on it. It's sort of easy to go after, uh, uh the Roddy Piper Bad News Brown match and um, Vince McMahon dropping uh, uh, the N word. But there's so much. I mean, entire characters, storylines. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I go to the Mexicos. Uh, which which I remember, I mean, the second they came out and I'm not like,
2: yes, you know, yes.
0: Yeah. But I mean, the moment they came out, I was, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this.
2: Yeah. I was there then. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, are we really doing this in 2005? Like, what are we doing? No,
1: I
0: I I get it. Hassan, you know, so many others, you don't even have to go. The the crazy
1: uh,
2: thing about Muhammad Hassan was at the time, the creative behind that character was, and this shows you sometimes how they're in another planet, the creative was, we want to take this politically incorrect, like old-fashioned wrestling character of the sheik of the evil, you know, Middle Eastern sheik guy, and we're going to now make him articulate, he's American-born, he wears a suit, he's this and that. They actually thought they were dressing it up and making it more acceptable, like yeah. that's how... Separate, they are a lot of times from the main. There's an
0: excuse, oh. there's, there's a way to justify any of this. I mean, no. uh, you I'm know. not saying they were right, but that was the no. thing, right? Right, but yeah. I, I, you don't have to go that far back. You never, you know, there was an angle a couple of years ago where they were making fun of the way Nakamura talked, right? Uh, right. uh an and obstacle. I forget who it was, yeah. Um, In yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. that's not 10 years ago or even five years ago. And the blading, the, it, the funny thing about the
2: blading is that that was the reason that Vince got away from it in the first place. And I don't even just mean in recent years. I mean, even back in the late 80s when they stopped it, it was because he was courting NBC. He was courting all the big corporations and he didn't want to to have this barbaric practice. So, I mean, that's part of it. The other day, I'm you know, I'm watching like old NWA stuff from the 80s that they had, the old World Championship Wrestling Show. And there's the famous thing, if you've ever seen it with Magnum T.A. And this is a whole other like can of worms where he's like, you know, uh, he's grabbing baby doll and he's showing her like what a real man is like. And he starts like forcing himself on her. And you have David Crockett in the corner cheering him on and he's the baby face right now. I'm mm-hmm. watching that. And I love this old stuff. And like my, my hair's fallen out of my head <laughs> and I'm thinking like, how are they going to, if they watch it closely enough, how can they in good conscience let any of that stuff go if they're cutting some of these other things? Adrian Adonis me Because right. Adrian Adonis. Yeah. And I was, I was watching a lot of that stuff too. And the things that Piper would say, and you had Orton with the pink hat and he was like betraying his masculinity by wearing a pink hat and all that. And I, and I'm watching it, but at the same time as a wrestling fan, as an old school wrestling fan, I'm going, yeah, this is really messed up and this could never work today. And I'm wondering why they even did it then. However, I still don't want it to be unavailable. This is part of wrestling yeah. history. And, I still want it to be available,
0: and it's not something that is unique to, to wrestling. I, I, I love watching old '80s movies, and it's amazing um, if you go back to and not probably into the '90s. The 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 stuff that was said in passing by what were supposed to be sympathetic figures, uh, especially derogatory terms about gay people, um, they turn it, around like like nothing. I mean, there's there's a uh, uh, a scene in um, Teen Wolf. I don't know if, if you, where. Uh, I don't know if have talked about it. Where, where um, Michael J. Fox, uh, Fox's character is uh, is about to come out as being a wolf to his friend, and he says, exactly. you, "You're not going to tell me you're." A, right. You know, well, and don't
2: and- don't ever go back and watch the Monster Squad. I'll just tell you that if you were a fan of that in the '80s, because if you ever want to see a bunch of little kids throwing that word around for an hour and a half. That's the movie yeah, for you. yeah yeah.
0: So this is all to say Brandon this is all to say can this work? <laughs> I mean that does uh it, as as Ryan touched on is is NBC uh, is there any potential for any kind of buyer's remorse when they say oh my gosh what have we gotten ourselves into in in being uh the distributor of this uh a product that
1: um, you know that it
0: it's not exactly
1: tremendous history. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I guess like unfortunately, the history of of this business is like a history of exploitation of minority groups, especially when it came to the ideas that people had of ways to get heel heat. Um, hopefully, when uh, NBC Universal sat down with WWE and made this deal, they had some memories or. Did some research about what the archive was that they were buying. Obviously, the, the bulk of the value of what they were buying is is the live distribu- distribution of the pay-per-views uh, on Peacock. But uh, yeah, a, a lot of this this library is, is part of it too. And and there's a there's definitely uh, an avid wrestling fandom that wants access to the library. I I, th- I think in hindsight, the the library the archives would have been a great you know, product to provide for a premium tier to the network where, you, you know, everybody gets the pay-per-views at a certain rate, but at a higher rate, uh, here's the library. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, it's going to take them until at least SummerSlam, it's going to take them until SummerSlam is what they've said, to move it all over. That's before, that was noted before this uh, news came out about, you know, censoring things and taking things out. Um, I, I asked Rick Cordell, who's the, an executive vice president, and chief revenue officer for Peacock, uh, whether everything was actually going to make it over. He said it was. it was. It was just because they were converting the metadata and the imagery and the closed captioning. He, he didn't mention anything about vetting for content. Yeah. Um, I, I've been even told somebody mentioned that all the video packages for SummerSlam 1998 uh, have been removed as well. Uh, I haven't, haven't looked and, and verified that myself. Why? But that
0: means, uh, ACDC?
1: That well that, that maybe that would include a you know that that's got the Rock and uh, Triple H ladder match maybe that would include the Nation Domination DX uh, parody uh, with with oh, uh, yes.
0: more blackface with, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: so you've got so you've got the CEO using the N word you got the got the EVP right. you, doing blackface but but yeah um so but but yeah I th- I think it's it's kind of a you know where do you draw the line and uh, it's it's it is kind of erasing the transgressions, uh, especially, you know, just to take, for example, you know, Vince using the N-word on Survivor Series 2005. For one thing, this is not uh, gone with the wind in 1939, where most of the people producing it are now dead, but it's something that happened only, you know, 16 years ago. and, And the person who approved of the line is still in charge of the company. He's still approving of the lines today. It's sort of erasing, you know, you know, we used to do these things and no, no, that those things never happened yeah. rather than being able to revisit them. I think to leave them as they were and to put some sort of warning, you know, a message at the beginning of the, of the, of the content would have sufficed, but they've, they've decided otherwise. Um, now,
0: again, it's worth noting. This is not exclusive to WWE in, in including the content that is on Peacock, right? I mean, Peacock has got, um, old episodes of Star Night Live, certainly a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly today. Even Cheers, I'm a huge Cheers fan. And uh, you see stuff from like the earlier, I don't think the Sam Malone character would exist today. No. Right? Um, So it's not just WWE, but it's sort of different with WWE. I do wonder, you know, touching on something you you just said, if um, in the end they decide, look, we want, your new content. We want the pay-per-views. We want NXT. You could have this other stuff. You know, go create your relaunch. W Network is just kind of you know archival old footage, and then you could kind of wash your your hands of it. I, I wonder if it gets to that because they're gonna have a lot of headaches with this.
2: I, I think. Oh, sorry. Go on.
1: Uh, I, I I guess I think. I mean, that, that's a possibility. I, I don't think that's going to happen, I guess. I think this is going to be, we probably, I'm sure there'll be people on Twitter, you know, going through the old stuff and mention, you know, people hunting for, for things that have been taken out. Um, but I, I don't know, if I were to predict, I think there's going to be not much more news in this regard and the, the archive will be there and hopefully yeah. most of the stuff does move over. Um, crime time. I just thought of crime time. Yeah, uh,
2: <laughs> don't, don't even and, get uh, me started on this. So <laughs> oh God, it never ends. It never ends. Yeah, yeah the but the entirety but, of ECW. I mean, just the entire yeah, thing. You know.
1: Yeah, but but I do think if if it, if it came to that, there are a couple hundred thousand subscribers who would pay for that archive to get monthly access. Yeah. To it.
0: Yeah, and then maybe oh, you get squeeze a little more money out of them. um I never before any of this stuff. There was uh WWE on demand remember i loved that WWE 24 7 /7. Uh, when i I finally my cable carrier started carrying it i was in cloud nine that stuff was so awesome and then separately they had kind of an online um on-demand service where they had like all the old episodes of superstars and stuff like that and uh that stuff was all awesome so i wonder if there's a way to do some of that i mean it's milk and more money out of customers but uh, nevertheless
2: there's stuff um, a seven from those days that has still never made its way onto the network yeah. you know because they would have like different things every month they would be like that rotating content they would have like whole episodes of championship wrestling from florida or awa which have never even been touched by the network you know but but i think one last thing i want to say about about that sensor thing before we move on, just real quick, is I think obviously there's the pragmatic side of this where where the thought process I'm sure they have is, you know, they want to head off at the pass any kind of public outcry that might happen from some of this content. So they're thinking, you know, obviously the most likely to do that in this day and age would be something like blackface and the use of the N-word. I mean, they can clearly see that as, you know, there, any anything else? A lot of the other stuff you can make an argument for. Well, it's used in other forms of entertainment, right? There are movies that depict men forcing themselves on women, right? There are there are movies that depict this, that, or the other thing. But but you can't really make that case for, um, you know, kind of the humorous, flippant use of the N word or blackface you can't anymore
0: extremes. yeah. And
2: so they're yeah. looking at, okay, what's the most likely to get us in hot water? I, I really think that's all it comes down to. And so again, being optimistic, I think the lion's share
0: of the stuff is probably safe. But that list will grow, right? They're not done, right? I, I, I see what you're saying that um, you can't go after all of it, So go after the the most obvious stuff. But I think there's a lot more stuff that could be added to that list of the most obvious stuff. If they
2: want to. Yeah, I'm sure they could.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it just takes somebody bringing it up. So uh <laughs> we'll see. Um Also on, uh, on topic of uh, WDB, uh Brian and I talked about a little bit uh, last week, but want to get your thoughts, Brandon on um WrestleMania and what it's going to look like this year and sort of what the business plan uh, is for it. We, we were discussing whether it makes sense to have, two nights rather than one, kind of the pros and cons of uh, getting a little more ticket revenue and I guess more eyes on Peacock and selling a few more pay-per-views for people who still pay for pay-per-views versus just kind of burnout, right? I think it's nine straight nights of WWE uh, programming. Uh, But but where is the revenue this year for uh, WrestleMania? Or are we not even looking at it the right way? Is it really more just about... uh uh, appeasing peacock and and showing them the kind of the strength of your audience
1: yeah it's funny now we you know the network itself was uh a way to de-risk w's pay-per-view business which could be very volatile if you had a good pay-per-view or a bad pay-per-view in terms of sales and now selling these rights outright for five this is a five-year deal billion dollars over five years it it de-risks it even more and I, i i'm worried it deincentivizes incentivizes WWE to put on great shows that people really care about. Uh, but we'll see. Um, so the WWE doesn't even, you know, WrestleMania would be the peak every year of subscribers. And they would tell you what the, what the subscriber number was on the day following WrestleMania. Uh, I don't think they're going to have anything in, in that regard to report when, uh, when they, whenever they report yeah. details about this, but um, 25,000 is the capacity for each day. There's two days and uh, that'd be 50,000 total. Uh, WrestleMania tickets. I, I, I I've looked at Ticketmaster. It's hard to get an idea what the average ticket price really is, but um if it's on par with what it's been in, in the past, that you could be looking at if they sell all the tickets, it would you'd be looking at a 13 to 14 million dollar live gate, which is on par with with a, a one day WrestleMania. Uh, in in recent years, the the record is 17 million for uh, WrestleMania 32. um there's, I, I
0: about this. There, there's increased production costs, but probably oh yeah. not doubling it, right?
1: No, because it's only one load in and one load out, right? Sure. And everything stays there. Um, It'll probably, it'll, I'm sure, it will be, you know, somewhere around eight to ten million dollars in production expense. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm suspicious when I look at the the Ticketmaster website about how many tickets are are really left. If you count up all the tickets. Um, It it does look like maybe there's only a couple thousand tickets left, but I I wonder if not all the tickets that could be put on sale have been put on sale. So but but we'll we'll get an eyeball look on on April 10th and 11th when uh, when the show happens.
0: Yeah, it's a good point about um, kind of disincentivizing um, them from putting on a, a, a good show. And UFC has dealt with that some when they uh, started working with ESPN, stopped selling their own pay-per-views. Now ESPN gives UFC some fixed amount. So on UFC's end, it doesn't matter if they sell, you know, if if 100,000 people watch their their pay-per-views or 500,000 people um, watch their pay-per-views, they make the same. You know, there, there's a big match that um, a lot of people are clamoring for uh, now that they've got a new heavyweight champion, for instance, Anganu. Uh, and everybody wanted to see John Jones, who's the greatest UFC fighter ever, and Francis Ngannou. Uh, John Jones is demanding some crazy amount of money. Uh, UFC president Dana White is sort of suggesting we don't want to pay it, uh, pay him uh, that money and everybody's kind of scratching their heads. But it gets to this. What difference does it make for UFC, right? I mean, like they, they make the same amount of money. Uh, from ESPN, whether a ton of people tune in or nobody tunes in. So um, they they still end up putting
1: out pay-per-views that are, you know, Conor McGregor pay-per-views, apparently that you do do like a million or more. But it
0: does feel in some ways like um, another thing that makes me think about this is um, something Steve Austin just said. I guess he gave an interview somewhere and and just made it clear. And maybe he's working everybody, but um, he says he's not going to be there. Right, and he says essentially they didn't ask him to be there, and it does feel like maybe they're trying to do WrestleMania this year on the cheap, uh, a, a little bit. You know, you, you don't. That said, they're paying whatever they're paying to Bad Bunny, and I guess now um, it's a Jake Paul or Logan Paul, one of the the, the Paul brothers. Um, but I, 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 you know, a lot of those kind of big ticket uh, um, items that used to uh, jack up the cost, uh, the production costs of WrestleMania don't seem to be there. So I, I looks like they're not going to pay Steve Austin. They're not going to have the rock there. They're not going to have John Cena there. They're not going to have the undertaker there. They're not going to have Brock Lesnar there and, and, and so on. So do, do you know, does it feel like maybe a belt tightening WrestleMania?
1: Maybe. I I, I guess. Yeah. There, there aren't the usual legends coming out of retirement There's no undertaker either. Um, but on, on the expense side, W's paid a lot for this thunderdome apparently um q4 came in less profitable than they expected and and that appears to be because of the increased cost of the thunderdome the thunderdome appears to be even more expensive than the normal live event touring business was so i don't maybe there's a a feeling that they have to uh, uh, cut costs and because of that too but uh if if they do sell all the tickets, I think they would cover their their production costs if they sell something something around fourteen million dollars worth of tickets, maybe a couple million more in in merchandise. Um, but uh, I don't know. WWE can afford it. They're having their most yeah. profitable era ever here.
0: Yeah, despite
1: popularity it, being what it is.
0: It it does feel Brian uh, to me a little bit like this is sort of like the obligation Wrestlemania in in terms of i feel like they're they they feel like they owe tampa something right uh because the 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 graphics all, all the kind of the uh the branding for Wrestlemania this year is the same as last year right uh they're just it's just they're just kind of doing it over again and it it does feel we talked a little bit about this last week it does feel like they're not kind of like fully invested in this year's years WrestleMania, a little bit like I, I think that that for them, the selling point is just we're doing WrestleMania and we're going to have people in there. Uh, so everybody tune in. Uh, but this if you want a big show, if you want a real WrestleMania, you got to wait for for Dallas next year.
2: It, it does feel like a do over, which may not have been the way to do it, you know, instead of just sort of like wiping it clean and just, had you know, a, a whole new approach uh to it but uh, and i am really i mean it's a very wwe move to try to just be like okay we're just gonna do this damn thing anyway like well you know what we couldn't do it last year so we're doing it now and we're just gonna pretend like this never happened like even the hall of fame thing it's like couldn't they have at some point in the past year just inducted that damn 2020 class instead of i I am i love the hall of fame it's like one of my favorite things to watch i am dreading the 17 and a half hour, you know, Hall of Fame. Is it
0: one night? Have they said if it's one night? I
2: think they're doing it all in one shot. And I don't even know if I could get through that 2020 and 2021. It just like, why did, why did they need to do that? I don't know. But, but I mean, but it is cool. What is cool about it though? I don't think it's as much of sort of like a throwaway mania though, as, 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 as you're, you're saying, because I think, the novelty of, okay, there hasn't been a big live audience for a WWE show in over a year, and now we're doing it, and it's WrestleMania. Like, that does juice up this WrestleMania a little bit, as says as it is to sound in, in this current environment. Like, it is an exciting thing. Oh, my God, there's going to be, like, a big crowd. And even though the place is going to look mostly empty, it is the size of, like, a sold out Madison square garden crowd plus, you know, on both nights. So, so, I mean, you're going to have noise, you're going to have people that there'll be hopefully more energy. It won't be as like, just kind of, you know, stagnant as, as beautiful as the Thunderdome is, there's that stagnancy of that, that sterility of it. You, You won't have that with people there. So I do think that adds some specialness to mania, although, I mean, I, you know, they can't, this thing can't be behind them fast enough. And and I mean, look, who cannot say that among us? We all feel that <laughs> right. way. But this cannot be in the past fast enough for them. And I do think next year's WrestleMania, though, I do agree with that part, is going to be like just all out hysteria. Like they're going to go, you know, just just a lot of words that I can't say on this podcast. They're going to go crazy, let's just say. And yeah. just make it, make it uh, just uh, like to make up for lost time kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Brandon, looking past, uh, uh, WrestleMania, I mean, they've been, they're moving right back to the Thunderdome, right? Then at night after WrestleMania, this is not the return of, uh, a live WWE, uh, events. Uh, but, but do you have a sense of when that might be, I mean, um, or when they they're looking at it, do, do you think by SummerSlam, they're, they're hoping to go back to doing live shows, even house shows, or at least live raws and, and SmackDowns?
1: Yeah, I mean they've uh, I, th- I think it's on the Sundome website that, or it's the Yingling Center, uh, which is their next venue for the Thunderdome, uh, that they have that booked until August. Now that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna be there doing the Thunderdome until August, but but maybe they that's the the current agreement. Um but I would I would not expect uh W to do uh, another event with fans live in attendance for for a while yet and I, I even wonder if maybe uh vince has some reservation about not wanting to do a show that doesn't have enough fans in it or looks looks too much like a you know there's a, a really limited capacity crowd there and everybody's wearing masks i could i could see that maybe being a, a vince thing um because it's, it's interesting that you know obviously you know aw is doing uh live fans just about every week and uh you know, and, and some others are as well in, in other countries. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a while before uh, we're at a place in, in this country where enough people are vaccinated so that uh, we can do live events on, on a normal scale again, and maybe not until the somewhere in the second half of the year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not stopping UFC. I mean, I have to go back to them, but, you know, they're putting on yeah. the show and uh, I think it's in Jackson. I'm sure
1: Vince is jealous.
0: Yeah. And indoors, full capacity. They sold it out in a few minutes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how much, um, you know, they learn from that uh, one way or, or the other. Um, but I, I think part of it also is and and I was s- sort of surprised to hear that there are still WrestleMania tickets left because even over two nights, it's 50,000 fans, which would be if they booked a 50,000 seat um, stadium from WrestleMania, that'd be the smallest WrestleMania uh, that they had booked in many, many years, right? So so on the average over the last 10 plus years, I think it's been in that 70,000 range and they did Dallas, which was much bigger than that. And, you know, MetLife is, is very big, but um, 50,000 seats and they haven't sold out. Now, granted, you, you, you can't sell to your international fans, um, but it tells me that there is, and this goes without saying, right? There, there's some percentage of their fans uh, as much as they love WWE, that are just not comfortable going to uh, a show just yet, even outdoors, even um, w- with a lot of the protocols uh, they've put in place. And you could do more for a WrestleMania than you could do for a Raw or a SmackDown, which typically is going to be uh, indoors. And they-, they could mitigate that some like AEW does by-, by booking a big, outdoor stadium and like wrestle for raw week in week week out and um like AEW or like WrestleMania just uh, sell a small portion of those tickets but i think they think and maybe they're right that the thunderdome just looks better right i mean than then an arena that is a third full or uh, a quarter full so um i think they might the other thing about this is kind of a separate conversation but um You know, there's a lot of people thinking that WrestleMania is going to be kind of a rude awakening because it's the first time in a long time that they get a real crowd reaction. And with the Thunderdome, it's almost like the ultimate Vince McMahon uh, creation, right? Because you control everything. You get exactly the reaction you want to every angle, every bad joke, you know, uh, uh, every uh, uh, baby face, every heel. And uh, I think they're not going to walk away from that that easy. Uh, What do you think, Brian?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a rude awakening, right? When they because I'm sure they don't have like a a boring button that you could press. (laughs) Yeah, they don't have like a like a Cena sucks button, even though he's not around anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be sort of bittersweet, but but I don't think they're going to say, ah, well, we're going to just keep it this way. I, you know, I I don't think so. I mean, it's just going to they're just going to have to swallow the bitter pill. like <laughs> There's good and there's bad to having a live audience. Right. I mean, uh, they'll just have to it, it'll just be a, a, a transition period. But but I think like those people that are not, you know, the fact of, of these tickets being available for Mania, I don't think I think maybe part of it is for health reasons, like you said, of people being like, well, I'm, a, I'm still a little concerned. I also think part of it is people saying I want the WrestleMania experience, the real yep. experience. And I'm not going to get it this year. It's going to be like this weird kind of like pseudo WrestleMania with everybody in masks and half the arena empty no fan
0: access. No,
2: like, like I don't want, like, if I'm going to save up, It ain't cheap, right? If I'm going to go and do this and bring my kids and have this amazing moment, I want it to be the real deal. I'm going to wait till next year. I think there's a lot of that thought process going on, too.
0: And then there's obviously the factors, uh, uh, Brandon, of a lot of people um, hurt economically by the pandemic, right? So uh, they just don't have that kind of money. So there's all kinds. Of, there's there's um, travel restrictions probably in in a lot of state. They're starting to be lifted now, but WWE does have kind of an uphill um, a battle here in selling fifty thousand tickets more than they would any other, even if it was a real star-studded WrestleMania, which it's not.
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it. A lot of the the ticket sales that they would do for a stadium WrestleMania would be people traveling internationally. Uh, obviously, that's very limited right now. I think there there might even even still be you know state requirements that if you go to a certain state like Florida, maybe you have to quarantine before you come back or something like that. But um, no, I, th- I think uh, maybe the the average wrestling fan or average WWE fan is not quite as ready for this kind of experience compared to the average UFC fan, and. um, but yeah, I mean I guess like, like, like along the lines of uh Vince having to face fans again, I think uh yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely enjoying the Thunderdome and enjoying uh hitting this is awesome.mp3 <laughs> at, at, at the right moments. Oops. But, but you know, that's probably a, a good point that I think he's he probably thinks that the Thunderdome is just looks nicer than than having scant, you know, capacity of 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 fans there. So yeah, I think um
0: I wonder if they get to like some hybrid at some point where they sort of do that with NXT where they got like the yeah their their whatever they are, uh, the crew members or uh, other uh, trainees there at the I, I
1: wonder if that'll even be but, present at WrestleMania to, to some extent.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they're gonna have the Thunderdome at WrestleMania. Maybe they do, you know. Yeah. Um I, I'm sure they could figure out a, a way to to make it work. So all right, guys, we covered a lot of ground here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um Brian, I have another week or two to go before WrestleMania. Uh, at some point, we'll probably get together and go over the uh, the whole card. Great. Uh, forward to it. Yep. Uh, and and Brandon, uh, you want to tell everybody where they could uh, follow you?
1: Sure. I, all my written work is on WrestleNomics.com. I have a weekly podcast, WrestleNomics Radio, that comes out every weekend. Now you can find that on your podcast app. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. You can follow WrestleNomics on Twitter at WrestleNomics. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Thurston.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will be back soon.